from a radio studio on Long Island, New York. Come two diehard fans of the greatest rock and roll band hailing from Hollywood, California. Dissecting all things Guns N' Roses and anything else in their distorted minds, it's Brando and Scotto. And this is Appetite for Distortion. Try it again! And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando and my sweet baby, dear Ian. Uh, he's absent today. He, he wanted to be absent. Actually, that's not true. He's doing his uh, soap podcast. Hopefully, he'll be back the next episode. And he said to me, Brandon, or Brando, I don't know why I'm yelling. I'm all hyped up on Monster Rehab. Like I haven't had like energy drinks in a couple of days, and I'm it's really, good. You really see, you hyper. You look healthy. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, that voice is a uh, third time, right? John Miller? Third time. And the, the room noise in the back making all sorts of uh, sounds. I don't know if he's <laughs> taking something out of his pants or putting something into his pants, but that's Artivana. <coughs> What's up? What's up, guys? <laughs> good, good, nice timing for the, uh, the cough. That just makes my, my joke seems like it bombed. <laughs> surrounded, I'm surrounded by like five different kinds of animals at the moment. So there's things that are going to be, you know, sounds will be made. You're at your, your lady's house with uh, with dogs, right? Right now? Do- dogs, cats, fucking cats, cats parasites. She's taking parasite pills. I don't even know what's going on. Oh, there's a lot of shit here. It's so fu- it's it's a, it's amazing because I've met both uh, Artivana, of course, from LA Weekly and John Miller. I mean, what? What title do I give you? Filmmaker, screenwriter, yeah, uh, it's a person with incredible hair. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so, uh, <laughs> one of those three that I've met you both through this podcast, and you both have been on twice, but not together. Here we are. Mm-hmm. And I had to bring you guys together uh, because you both separately are some like are the most unique people that I have ever met. And it's not even just your well when dedication I... to GNR that supersedes Ian and I, and I admit that for both of you, but you guys are just. It's like an eccentric I identify with, and I love it. Well, I felt like, and when I when I heard what, his story, I'm like, this guy's going going after beyond what I've wanted to do, and so like I got to talk to this guy. Which one, Art or me? Art. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, don't, I mean, you oh, guys fine. too, but it was a separate. It was a separate kind of thing, you know. Oh yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Well, this is. Uh, I think this is episode 18 of Appetite for Distortion. Like, Congratulations. This is. Insane. I, I never thought this was, uh, yeah, is episode 17. Oh, excuse me, 18. Uh, Rachel Lauren was the last episode that we have. Uh, we I think it's been three weeks. We try to do this every other week. But as I mentioned, nice. Ian is a little bit busy. But uh, we're, we have a lot of plans, hopefully, that will come to fruition for the future for this podcast. We're working on some things with, uh, with iHeart because we're doing this right now from Tribeca, uh, just a nice. few miles away from uh, the Freedom Tower. So this is a really cool uh, location that we're we're doing this out of, and thankfully iHeart uh, is allowing us to do it, and it's on the iHeart app. Of course, it's on iTunes as well. But uh, we, if Ian wasn't busy okay. last week, but it worked out because you guys are both here. Uh, it was a year since the Troubadour show, so it's more or less been a year since they got back together. So I kind of want to do a recap, and it was also a, another anniversary of, uh, of something that I wanted to play. I believe it was 
four years ago, because it's speaking of, of the tour, that uh, I think you both will uh, remember this. This happened uh, four years ago, almost to the day. Hey, Axel, you look hey, great. Axel? Yeah. Hey, any chance you guys doing a reunion tour with a full lineup in the future? A lot of, this a lot of great a lot of great reviews on the um, the band, Axel. Yeah, you sound Thank great. You. Good to see you. And he just gets in his car and goodbye. <laughs> but you Not- love all those prompts. Like, it was really good, Axel. Good show. I mean, it's, oh, thank, yeah. thanks, guys. I, w- I wasn't too sure. I think it was more of like they see he didn't want to. He, I don't know. I think people are still afraid of him. It's like, oh, I'm sorry I asked you that question. You might not want to answer. Uh, uh, like, good show. As if just walking up to someone as they're leaving a restaurant is, is acceptable and bothering them when they're trying to get in the car. It is what it is. Uh, and that's uh, so, Art, you, you, I'm sure, remember that vividly because that wasn't too far from you, right? It was in, on, in LA, wasn't it? Or no? Uh, I think it was West Hollywood when he said that. Yeah, so it was right around the corner. And at the time, I think it was, what, 2014 or 12? I don't know. Uh, according to um, YouTube, but, with the course is always trustworthy. It was four years ago. Four years ago, yeah. So I think at that time, I, I was just kind of really getting into rock journalism. I've, I'd always been writing. So for me, seeing the GNR stuff happening then was just kind of, I was just like, it was a dark time. I think like 2000 and... I don't know, eight through the early, I don't know, 2012, 13 was a really dark time, I think, to be a GNR fan. Because it was like, there's never going to be a reunion. It was, yeah. there was never any hope. And it was just like, okay, fuck it. We're going to just, you know, this is a cool band, Axel and these random guys with weird fucking names. But <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it wasn't GNR. But yeah, it was a dark time. Uh, I, do, I mean, do you relate I, to that? I, I, no, no. I mean, I mean, for, for me, what I got was GNR when I when I the first live shows in 2006. I mean, I I fucking blew it. We heard there's yeah okay. um, <laughs> internet radio is fine. Uh, you know, I mean, I could have seen them in high school. I could have I could have gone when I was in tenth grade. They were they were playing a couple of hours from me. I could have gone. I didn't go. So you had a lot it's, of remorse, and you kind of had to get that closure and, you never had as a child. Yeah, and like and, and, I, and, me, and, and I and I and I really adopted them when I moved here. And all of a sudden, you know, in 2002, they were... Oh, what, from, at, you're from, uh, from Virginia, from right? From Virginia, Oh, yeah. I remember that. Look at me. 2002, they're, they're at the Garden. I'm walking up to Times Square to see my race to the Guard's box office. I'm like, oh, oh, give me a ticket. Like, sold out. It's been, it was sold out in five minutes, guy. Mm. So so anyway, here they pop up in 2006 again. And and for me, that, that, that was it. I mean, of course, I wanted to see Slash and Axel together on stage, but... I, He's it, in I, my ass. That's where Slash is. <laughs> oh my god. A lot of things have changed. <laughs> but um no, but of course I wanted to see those those two guys together. Yeah, you know, I, I I couldn't I couldn't wait. I seeing them separately. Seeing Slash over at, at Terminal 5, mm-hmm. like you get that guy up there with Axel, the, the world's going to blow up. That's how mm-hmm. I, f- I felt as well. And you mentioned it's an embarrassing uh, time art. It's funny because I identify kind of with both of what you said. I never saw the original band. They broke up before I was really conscious of, you know, what I liked musically uh but sure. i got to see guns and roses with buckethead and robin fink at 2002 and uh, just you know a few miles from here madison square garden and that was the show before they canceled it and uh if you i don't know if you either of you saw it uh, i put it on um our facebook and, and twitter at the afd show i forgot i had it it's a long sleeve t-shirt uh the star the gnr logo oh yeah and oh, it had chinese oh. democracy tour uh 03 nice. uh 0203 which really never happened into 03 uh, on the back so i found that so i'm like oh these were good times but at the same time uh i had a buddy i don't are you playing bongos art what's going on 
Are you... Sorry, there's dogs everywhere. And I fucking avoid. <laughs> no, them. it's, it's fine. Really, I'm sorry. He's gonna... There's no reason to apologize. I want this to be improv, and I want you to be like, no, I'm uh, putting new batteries into my electric dildo. This is radio. You're supposed to like, you know, have jokes. It's hard, hardwood floors and these primal fucking animals with nails the size of fucking sheep running around here, like no fucking control. One of the I dogs mean, probably looks like a rock star. I can't name the dogs. I mean, gross. I got it, but I was still to finish my point. Uh, a buddy of mine who I grew up with, uh, uh, with the way GNR is with us, he is with Van Halen. And Van Halen at the time had not reunited. So it was kind of like a joke between oh. us. Who's going to reunite first? Whose right. rumors are more full of bullshit? Who's going to believe it more? Who's going to be let down more? It was like a sick game between both of us. So there was a time <laughs> where, you know, yeah, you're seeing Guns N' Roses. That's not really Guns N' Roses. Or, yeah, Chinese democracy. Yeah, that'll come out. You know, that that stupid joke. They'll be in democracy before. There'll be a, a democracy in China before <laughs> the album comes out. So there was right. an embarrassing time. And if I don't know if either of you seen, uh, it's an interesting graphic that Live Nation put up. And uh, I, I shared it on our, our Facebook. It goes through the timeline of Guns N' Roses. from Right. And they basically condensed... All the years in one in like a blip. Listen, they got they got they started. Duffing. You saw that right? I don't know if you saw that art. It was it was filled with inac was not filled. It had an an an, an inaccuracy, and then uh, what was that? Because they were showing Duff, dates. Duff, of- Duff arrived in '84. Okay, like, okay. I'm you know I'm the weirdo about the Dude. the dates. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say, like, speaking uh-huh. of inaccuracy, there's so much shit about this band that people get wrong, and it's, like, basic shit. Like, I was reading, this is gonna be funny, but I was reading Rolling Stone's bio on mm-hmm. GNR, mm-hmm. and let me just tell you, like, it's not even stuff that's, like, weird sort of revisionist history. There's shit in there that's just basic facts that they got wrong. Like, Welcome to the Jungle was never a number one hit. For some reason, there's, like, yeah. Several fucking journalists who said that, that it was. It was never a number one song, and it's like only Sweet Child. Like, right? I mean, hmm. yeah, Sweet Child was their, their only number one, one number one hit was Sweet Child of Mine. So it's like mm-hmm. really funny. I mean, everything I read about GNR at this point, I completely just consider bullshit. Unless I've like literally talked to four people that confirm the same exact detail. Like, I talked to a lot of the guys. Like, I talked to you know the I'm not gonna say their names, but former managers or A and R guys and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like. They all tell you different things. And to me, it's like until four people, my, my rule of thumb is until four people tell me the exact same thing, I don't believe it. I mean, that's smart <laughs> for many until reasons. Until I hear it many out of, out of their mouths, if, you know, I mean, the only books that I want to trust are Slashes and Duffs. I don't even want to trust Stevens. Yeah. No, I read it and it's, I didn't enjoy it compared. I mean, I, I, I get some of, and we'll get into what he, uh, Steven had said. But it's the same right. thing. And what's funny is talking to both of you and how invested in the truth both of you are. Mm-hmm. You might have researched that, John, you put in years into your, your Axel film. Mm. Uh, I mean, art, what you've done for your articles are, I mean, the, it's the dying journalists are dead. You might be the only one. It's like you're like Ash <laughs> Williams with your friggin' uh, instead of like you have a machine gun or a chainsaw hand, you have your pen in your hand. <laughs> like you're like the last one that does your research. So I don't believe shit about oh. GNR unless it comes from one of you. Well, that is true. Thank you. He's got like, Lord, you've got like this uh, like mission to preserve the, the the brilliance of the '80s, and I, and that's what I that, that's what I really. Sometimes you go a little here. too far. Sometimes no, you go. no, no, no. He has to he has to go that far to not people over the head with it because otherwise people people don't people are too they too easily forget they don't appreciate Let's put it this way i go so far as to when there's gnr luminaries who are on my facebook like people who are 
either currently employed or have been employed by the band mm -hmm. who tell me I'm going too fucking far. So, yeah, I probably go too far. But I, just, I think it's like, to me, Guns N' Roses and that era has just been like, it, from my perspective as a journalist, I think rock journalism or just media in general is kind of like shamed and kind of thrown this era into like the garbage can in their perspective. And they treat it like it's nostalgia and it's a joke. And it's like, we need to move on from this like unhealthy, unproductive, like ultra masculine era of rock and roll. And I completely disagree. I totally. think rock and roll needs to be more masculine. I think there's nothing fucking wrong with masculinity and there's nothing wrong with badass rock stars who just want to like pump their fists and just sing about sex, drugs and rock and roll. I'm just so tired of the shit. Every song's about being depressed or the fucking weather sucks or like, well, that was you know, the 90s. Trump is the worst. <laughs> All this shit about Trump is the worst president. Like yeah. whatever. Well, Who Guns N' like, Roses did that. Politics. Well, Guns N' Roses, mm -hmm. act, Guns N' Roses, act, actively, I think more than any other band, at least that I've seen, has been anti-Trump. If you follow, especially, if you, I'm well, surprised I, you follow Richard Fortas on Twitter and Facebook. He's, Axel, and, and Axel James, Axel. You know, I was getting to that. Of course, Axel's tweets uh, is are there. Dell James is hardcore. And, oh but God. he's not a, me a member of the band uh, officially, I guess. But I mean, you have Richard Fortas uh, tweeting out stuff. You have uh, Duff wearing Women's March, and uh, you know what? I want to get this perspective from both of you because uh, mm -hmm. there's, I think you're in this group too, Art. But I get most of John's comments on that. What is it? Not in this lifetime Facebook group, right? Right. Very active. <laughs> it's brilliant, and you're laughing because uh, John. I mean, I, there have been many types of personalities on Facebook. And uh, I've learned that I am, I am not one to ever get into an argument on Facebook. I don't have the time. I don't have the patience. Sure. Most people are morons, and I'm smarter than oh. most people, so I don't want to. I just don't want to go there. Uh, I'm not smarter than John Miller because I feel like I'm reading Tolstoy when I'm reading whenever your comments. And what <laughs> even makes it even funnier oh, is that chances are you're commenting because Guns N' Roses fans are all over the world. That clearly somebody whose English is not even their first language, you're coming at them with something like from Hemingway about Axel. Well, and, and I'm like, oh, this is like, oh, I gotta take out my thesaurus. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, John's got a good <laughs> point now that I can understand it. Well, I, I, I just feel like, first of all, I don't, I don't, I try to make it clear that I'm never trying to correct somebody's person or them. You know, I, I'm not making a comment. No, about I just them. think you're too smart it's, for social media. It's about their comments, and I, you know, I never say you did this or you did that. It's like this comment is is mistaken. Like, consider what you're saying. You know, like um, someone today was going off on Frank's awful drum fills, and and I said, listen, Frank Ferrer is a is an awesome musician. Mm -hmm. His New York fills, native? Yeah, his drum fills can't be awful. Awful is the, it means he's a bad drummer. He's I not know. a bad drummer. Let's use some logic. You may not like right. it. You may like Matt. You may like Stephen Moore. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever. But don't, you, don't go off and like, I mean, who, who the fuck are you to come on here and like say, this, you're some authority right. to say like Frank's drum And so anyway, like, I mean, but I didn't want to attack yeah. anybody. And the guy sort of said, listen, I didn't say I dislike Frank. It was just the fills in coma. You're... you're Art, I can I can only imagine because you write these articles, so you get these comments. It's right. not like you're you're John and I who are commenting on someone else and interpreting what they said. They're interpreting your words, and well, I mean it's it's scary that that specific Facebook group, the Not in This Lifetime group, very I active, really, very it, fun. Yeah, I can be very active and very fun. Um, I was cool with all of those those folks. I I'm like not even involved with them anymore because I posted this interview I did with Stephen Adler, mm -hmm. and you know, to, so to, so here's my perspective, right? <laughs> I I don't even know what the problem. I mean, John could probably jump in because he's a fucking dictionary, but I don't know what the proper word would be for this. But there's this group of fans who are trying to appeal to like 
the actual like GNR is like a fucking political organization, right? And there's different wings to it. I think okay. there's this group of fans who think they belong to this like you know non-existent Axl Rose wing, where trashing or like insulting or putting down Steven Adler like gains you like social media points with mm-hmm. like Axl and Team Brazil, which is so stupid to me because. This guy was the fucking drummer of the first album, which is one of the greatest fucking hard rock albums of all time. Agreed. And that's all we need to know. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't need to, who cares what he fucking said in an interview or how fucked up he was on VH1 Celebrity Rehab or what his mom did or what kind of books they're trying. Who cares? The fucking guy is one of the best drummers of all time, period, for that record. Just just for being on that. He's a Ringo star of Guns N' Roses. And people treat him like he's a fucking fanboy who's like been trying to clean. People treat him like he's Mark Kenner or something. Like he's this guy who's like, trying to like take photos of the band and hang out no he's a drummer of the first fucking album mm. anyway so these these fans tore me a new asshole for that interview saying oh god he's, he's selling more books you know his mom is a fucking charlatan and this i'm like who cares who fucking cares i talked to him about you know his influences on the first record i talked to him about his fucking first drum kit like why don't you go read that and enjoy the rock history yeah. of this badass drummer sure he says stupid shit and so does everybody when they get on a fucking phone call with the journalist. That's that's our job is to make them say things they're not supposed to say. But right. like, chill the fuck out. That that Facebook group has become so anal and so fucking protective and so precious. It's just like get a fucking grip. This is rock and roll. This isn't fucking you know. This is international politics. I guess it's anyway. what I've I've always I've used the analogies I think with with both of you in your in your separate episodes uh, that it's a lot like sports. You know, you you trade your favorite player. This mm-hmm. guy is not you know. You know, for me, uh, I loved Patrick Ewing growing up. It's always going to be the same. That's those are my Knicks. It's it's. I'm never going to have that heart for anybody else. Or you know, when Tino Martinez from the Yankees was traded, that hurt me. Then I had I'm like, oh, what is this Jason Giambi guy? Then I learned to like him. I mean, those are you know sports references that you either get or you don't. Uh, but there are too many people, and you could tell me we can go into here now with Stephen. And I want to uh, preface this because I we do read your comments, Ian and I. This was on my GNR forum. This is from a story. <laughs> I don't know. What you're laughing for. I don't know. We we get a lot of good people and a lot of good reviews from this site, but this was a uh, a, a cool review. But I, I want to address it. Uh, this is from Stoymatic, which I'm sure is his Hebrew name. Uh, favorite okay. podcast of all times, which is thank you, but it's all time. Uh, I mean, not like I make typos. That was point. Uh, but not a fan of this episode. This is the last episode with Rachel Lauren. Yes, it's cool talking to Miss Lauren, but I'm very disappointed we did not hear more GNR topics this episode. We did, but we also had a really, really beautiful rock and roll girl in the studio who, who knows uh, uh, a lot of the, the, the GNR world. There's a reason why we do every episode, which, which is fine. Then everyone wants to be your favorite. However, uh, I wish they would have covered more GNR-related stuff, uh, i.e. Adler not talking anymore, and Izzy shotting out my GNR forum, which he did do. Uh, so we, want, we did briefly talk about um, Adler talking out again because we had Mitch LaFon on the previous episode, which he revealed— Stephen called him out of the blue right. to, to say, so this wasn't, you know, you are trying to interview Axel for, you know, a lack of a better name and trying to have your Oprah moment and make him cry. This was a calculated move that he right. did. So that's, that's what I, I, I'm a little annoyed now. I wasn't before. It wasn't a Bobby Blotzer situation where this guy's a fucking loser. Bobby Blotzer's a loser. Uh, but I don't. He's, come on. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if you follow that rat situation. A little it's, bit. I'm, I'm sorry. If you're like 60, stop with the eyeliner. Just, I fucking hate people like that. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh man, we got we got to talk about. The, um, we will get into Steel all. Panther. <laughs> well, they have a they have like a, like a gimmick though. They're they're that's their deal. 
you know. Well, no, yeah, I met him backstage at the Whiskey recently and had a hilarious conversation with him that I'm cool to talk about. But yeah, go on about Steven Adler. All right, so I mean, those are things that he he uh, he made a point. Now I'll bring this. uh, I'll play this one comment. This was from uh, Mitch Mitch Lafon, his interview that we did with him. Mitch uh, does now uh, talk. I think it just changed. It's on the Podcast One Network, I Mm -hmm. believe, with like Jericho and Jamie Josta. But this was from his interview, so he had it first before anybody else. And I know you are. That's how important, uh, you know, for people to steal your stories. All right. Axel says, what the fuck is he doing here? He's not supposed oh, to be I'll give a preamble. This was the that first show in Argentina. All right? So this was like, this is when he's talking about when he, uh, he was supposed to play. He played that second show in Argentina. Axel says, what the fuck is he doing here? He's not supposed to be here till tomorrow. So I go, excuse me? I just flew 15,000 miles. So they played a few more songs, and then they, I came up, he came up, I played one song, and they turned the lights out on me. I went back behind a drum riser, and I was like, what the fuck? And everybody in the crew came around and started hugging me and going, dude, we love you, Steve, it's okay. I, I mean, like the whole crew, there was like 20 people came and was hugging me. And then the next night, I did one more song again. And other parts, um, I don't even want to talk about. See, but that 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 upsets me. Go ahead, John. I mean, all of, this is the problem, and this is why certain fans feel very passionate about criticizing him, because like he should never say stuff like that publicly. I mean, that's that, that's <laughs> it's like in a house. sin. Again, that's a sports thing. Locker room. Yeah, keep, like, that's keep, real. Keep not like it, Trump. Like, that's locker room. Don't talk. never volunteer information like that. I mean. Uh, Th- that and the comment about I saw Axel for what ten seconds. He never spoke. Right. Well, like, like you don't. I mean, that's a. It's clearly an exaggeration, and, and you don't ever need to say that out loud. I mean, that's it's it's nobody's business. Keep it quiet, and or, you know, and so so this is like this sort of campaign. This is why everyone, I believe, spoke up about it. I mean, I I I spoke up. Uh, I didn't even realize he had written something, but Jamie, his brother, put up something. Uh, there was like a signing, I, I think, at the Grove or something at, at Barnes and Noble, saying. Ori- I was there. I was there. Okay. Oh, cool. Well, I, he said original uh, Guns N' Roses drummer, and okay, so me, like the nerd about it, I said uh, he's the Appetite drummer, not the original <laughs> right. drummer. And, and so Jamie Mule writes back, "What the fuck? Are you? He didn't say fuck, <laughs> but what are you talking about? He, he's absolutely. I'm like, no." Rob Gardner is the original Guns N' Roses drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want me to play my, you know, I've got a, I've got a voicemail from him. How he introduces himself. I mean, he, he is. He clearly is. I mean, like that was the right. first lineup. There would, uh, there would be no Guns N' Roses if, if that lineup never existed. Right. And people get really like, uh, not they attack that whole argument. Or defensive. Well, maybe? N- sure. Not really defensive because what are they defending? They're like who? Like like like. Um, They'll say, you know, you're going off on the original lineup as if that mattered. Like, well, Tracy Guns, if he was never there, there would be no Guns N' Roses. And it does matter. That's why I like what Pearl Jam just did. They were uh, just inducted, you know, right here in the Barclays Center. And then they invite every single drummer they've ever had. So that's cool. I mean, that's that's awesome. You know, and so anyway, I mean, so uh, so I kind of went back and forth. It just. It was unnecessary. Like, why get so fucking fired up? I wasn't saying belittling Steven. I love Steven Adler's drumming. Appetite's my favorite record. You know, mm-hmm. there's no denying it. So, but, but I do think he got, he's got to keep his fucking mouth shut. I want to get this yeah. uh, reaction from you, Art, first, and then John. And this was something that, that bothered me, too. You're talking about Frank and, and this uh, random person on the, uh, the right. Facebook GNR site that attacked him. 
This is what I also felt was unnecessary, that what I thought was an amazing example, again, now going back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that just happened. Uh, it sucked. Steve Perry did not perform with Journey. Arnell yeah. was there. But Steve, you saw pictures of them hugging backstage. Like, you saw, like, the passion from both of them. Arnell's, like, kind of, well, I'm not worthy. And then Steve thanked him in his speech. Right. So there is a mutual love for past and present. So this is a comment, again, from Mitch's uh, interview uh, that Adler's comments uh, about Frank. He's not playing him right. <sighs> He's just really a great timekeeper. I mean, put it this way, they're playing Brownstone. I didn't know they were playing Brownstone until all of a sudden they started singing the chorus. We've been dancing. I'm going, that was Brownstone? Brownstone, you know, instantly. I came up with a kick-ass drill. You know that. And I, I'm standing going, what song is this? I knew it was Brownstone. Of course. Like, yes, Stephen, we know, you know, you did a great drum. Your drumming is phenomenal on Brownstone. Yes. Frank's is different. I love Frank's too. It's the way it is. I think that's why I think that's why people get bothered by it. It's like these are things that he's been saying for years, which is fine. You know, he made that record. That is all time history. Should be proud of it. But now that they've, you know, done shows, they've worked together, which we thought would not happen, not in this lifetime. My my <laughs> my out. quick thing on this one is yeah. about the Steven Adler criticism. And I agree with you guys. I don't, you know, I don't air dirty laundry and I don't think rock stars should do it either. Um, so I agree your point of view there. But I do think, look, the guy wrote, or wrote is probably the wrong word, but he played these parts in the original record. And for him to see it played differently bothers him. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think maybe he shouldn't say it the way he says it. Maybe he's not very well spoken, but I think like he's got a point. I mean, the songs sound different, and if you're the guy that that played the original versions of these songs that are so precious to you and that are literally the only thing that you're really known for, and that you basically these are your babies, and they're being played differently and they're being presented differently, it's going to bother you. Now, my analogy to this is Buckethead and Slash. Slash mm-hmm. never comes out and says, "Wow, Buckethead played that solo differently," right. or whatever he doesn't say these kind of things because he's got a little more tact but you know a little more class fucked up man he's been through can you hear me yeah yeah and adler's fucked up man look look some sympathy to the guy guy like fucking got kicked out of the band for being basically really fucked up and then he well he denied that too in that interview he said i was not the one that was most fucked up i thought that was interesting too like why are you arguing why you got kicked out of gnr now and we're supposed to it's it's it's, all right continue though yeah, the thing is, like, he, he, was he the most fucked up or was he not the most? Fu- I mean, I don't, we don't know. know. It's yeah, like, this, right. like, the thing was, he was fucked up and you know, he admitted several times, and maybe this is true or not, it doesn't really matter. He said he was on the medication you take for um, to be on when you're on heroin to, like, get off it. And then he okay. just started vomiting and he got sick and he couldn't play the parts. And true or not, it doesn't really matter. Like, he was fucked up. The band wanted him out for whatever reason. We can go into all the rumors and shit. Mm-hmm. Axel wanted him out of the band, or maybe it was Slash, according to Deanna's new book. It doesn't matter. Like, they got him out of the band, and his life fucking went into a downward, downward spiral. And it's sad. And the guy, like, lost everything he ever wanted. And he just became this fucking junkie. And he went on VH1's reality show. And his mm-hmm. whole life, his mom, sued, he sued his mom. I mean, it was just a dark... So, so when he says these things, I don't go, fuck you, man, you're an asshole, like, shut shut up, don't air it dirty. I'm like, I feel bad for the guy. The guy is, this is his life, and he's, like, getting it off his chest, and, like, I say it's therapy, and I, and I get, I can see how Axel and Slash and Duff are like, shut the fuck up, you're just causing 
more of a headache for us. You just, you know, you're doing stuff that's not good for the band or the business of Guns N' Roses. Totally agree. But, you know, I have more sympathy for Adler. Again, he played the, the drums and he played the parts of what is probably my favorite album of all time. So to me, I can never, mm-hmm. you know, have an issue with him or, you know, disdain for him and shit. I do think that he needs to be more tactful. But I think, you know, how could you be when you're a rock star who's done nothing but play drugs his entire life and <laughs> well, do I think drugs and party and be fucking He's not idiot. speaker like, of the house. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Well, no, I mean, yeah. I, of course, I, uh, I mean, I, I feel bad for him, but it seems such like a campaign as if this is going to somehow uh, get fans on his side and convince management yeah. to, to get rid of Frank. I that's got a little bit of like a team Frank, team Steven sure. kind of thing, a little bit of it. Uh, so that's, But that I feel bo- like it's less team. It's more kind of like, what, what are you doing? I mean, trust the band. Like they're, What's they the don't angle? Do, they don't do it for the... The band doesn't do this for the fans. You know, they do what they want to do, and and they do it the right way. Mm-hmm. The, and yeah. only they are the ones who can make the call. So I could. I agree. I, I love Frank, man. I love Frank, he's and I think he's best. consistent. He, he's he's fucking a tough dude. He could play these shows. He doesn't have to like set out a show because of his injuries or his drug addictions or like whatever. His emotional. He's a tough dude. He plays his parts differently, but he plays them well. And you know, I love all their fuck. I love Brian Brain. I fucking thought he was great. I thought, you know, Matt Storm was great in his own way. I don't, I just never, Matt Storm's one of those guys, again, we talk about the GNR fandom, kind of geeky, like mm-hmm. we take teams. Matt Storm's a guy, like, to me, that he, the team that I'm not on. And it's not because he's not a great drummer. I think he was a great drummer. I just think he played the songs in a way where it turned GNR into, like, a fucking heavy metal band. And that's, like, cool, God bless him, but I think he just changed the entire perception of what they were. But I think that Frank doesn't do that. I think Frank really genuinely tries to play the songs the way the fans want him to play the songs for the most part. He has changes, but I, I don't think he's doing it consciously. I don't think he's like, I'm, he's not sitting at the kit saying, I'm going to put my own stamp on these songs. Fuck Steven Adler and Matt Sorum or whatever. I think he's just doing it because you're a musician. You can't play exactly like somebody else. It's just right. impossible. It's and like I got, unhealthy. And, I got that vibe, yeah. uh, the opposite vibe from Ashba when he would come out and do Welcome to the Jungle. It was clear, clearly different. It was just yeah, right, like the, right. you know doing that chord, the opening chord longer. Uh, it was, and it the was, Hogan, yeah, you know, yeah, the Hogan yeah. Uh, waving his, his uh, hand around his ear <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, that was his yeah. stick. He made it his own, but and Slash never came out. It's like he's wearing a hat just like me, oh. only a little bit more nightmare before Christmassy, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know it's true. I love it. Uh, so, Ash was a funny character. Uh, yes, and I, and I and I get it all, and I do have uh, empathy and, and sympathy for Adler. Uh, because someone who, who's dealt with, with depression and, and drugs in my family and myself, I mean, I get it, but there's a certain point where, you know, in the last, like, 10 years of my life, I know how I've matured from certain addictions from 23 to 33. Him, mm-hmm. you know, especially being around people like Duff and Slash, who have just pulled a 180 in their life, especially Duff, right. who just looks like he's right. about to do American Ninja Warrior, mm-hmm. and he, which he should do that. That, uh, that he should just be have better people around him, or, or should know not to speak that way. But I will, right. I will uh, say that when after he played that first show and Diana put out that thing on her personal Facebook that went viral, that hit me because I'm like, to see your yeah, kid, man. you know, and and he lived through it all. He should right. be dead. Like a lot of these, uh, a lot of the guys from that era are dead. He's not. So I guess I would He's have not. hoped. Not getting mad. I'm just disappointed. I would have hoped that it 
that was like the first negative thing that happened in this, I guess, year celebration that we're kind of having in this episode right. of uh, you know th- them reuniting. So I was just I was highly disappointed. Uh, yeah. So that's that's me, like a, like a parent. Uh, I also want to read this to to both of you. I got a a rant because this is what we're all about mm-hmm. rants here uh, on our Facebook page, and I like how we kind of go international. Not just uh, national, like right now we're in New York, we're talking to Art via Skype in L.A. Now we're reading a a letter from Argentina, excuse me, Portugal. Uh, This is from Anna Martins. Uh, Hi, guys. It's Anna from Portugal again. Smiley face, smiley face. Uh, Just wanted to drop a line about the episode with Mitch LaFont. Every time you go on how it's a business, on about how it's a business and brands and marketing and that kind of shit, dude, it just makes me want to delete the effing episode. And I don't think it's it's not just like our episode. I think it, it hurts her emotionally. Of course, it's a music business, but the idea that GNR is all about it and this reunion tour that they just go to the stage and play and cashing in on nostalgia really upsets me. We never said they, they, they did that. We were posing that question and comparing it to other bands, but I, I'll continue. Uh, the thing is, I'm a grunge kind of girl. Uh, I'm a grunge kind of girl as well, and I, think, I know you are, Art. Uh, and most of the part of my life, I've been talking shit about GNR being sold out artists. That's, it's, she admits that, so that's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, the one thing I could always rely on was that the fact that, just like Led Zeppelin, they wouldn't do this for the money. Uh, the, if right. the idea is, just like LaFon said, no one wants to listen to new songs, fuck it. Because we did ask him about just new music, whether it's from GNR or any of that kind of ilk of a band. Do you want to hear new music when these bands reunite? Uh, you know, because uh, if then, because if that happens, then Izzy is right. It's a power money play, and nothing more than that. The greatest hits album. If they're doing music together, they better show me something more than just appetite for destruction or user illusion. Okay, and rent. I just needed to say this. Smiley, sma- smiley face, smiley face. Keep on doing a good job. Thanks again. That was Anna from Portugal. <laughs> so, do you, do you have any? Uh, do you agree with her sentiments? What do you think about it? <laughs> Honestly, I don't quite get her point. I mean, is, is that you know that they are not doing a nostalgia? Tour. I mean, a nostalgia tour. First of all, look, the band Axel and Slash are playing together again. Slash is playing Chinese democracy music. Mm-hmm. That should be enough and the right step as of now. You know, whether or not new music can come out, there's no time for that. Um, and for the for the money, I mean, everyone it's going to be it's it's their job. Right. You know, and they didn't get back together because of the money. Those guys, other guys quit. Um, and why not? The timing was right, it yeah, seemed. I, I don't, ask Slash if he wants to, to play again. You know, I mean, look, it, it, that's, that's how it happened back in, in 1985. You know, hey, right. Slash, you want, you, want to, you want to play in our new band? <laughs> um, so uh, this is just insane to me, like the, the, like the, the criticism. I'm, but it's not like she was on the side saying the band doesn't do it for, for the money, right? She seemed to be on, uh, she, I guess she thought GNR would not do it for the money. And I guess maybe she got confused that well, we, we implied that they did, or at least posing the question I just, I just think that the they did thing, it for the money. The whole thing is odd. I mean, again, it's like sports. Is it, is it like uh, money versus you're playing for your hometown team? You know, I guess. Right. Like Izzy should have played for the hometown team except for asking for the most amount of money so that could be like an analogy there so it's mm-hmm. it's it's the thing is you know this show and every sort of gnr fan that's also a journalist or a radio show host we're kind of playing insider baseball mm-hmm. we know things that most people don't know and then when we talk about it with people like mitch lafon who by the way is a close friend of mine i fucking love mitch and his show is gonna rock i think it's called rock talk on jericho's network yep. and he's a cool guy and, and he and he knows his shit and he has so many sources and 
you know, he when he says something, you should listen because he's making a point that you know fans don't know. I think what what happens with fans is they're so they feel, especially with Gene Arman, it's like an abusive relationship for the fans because they feel kind of alienated from the kind of behind the scenes of it all, and like they don't feel like they're like. They right. don't know what Axel or Slash are thinking about this reunion, truly. They don't know why it really happened. They don't know. So what they do is they get very protective. When they hear someone say something that might, to them, tarnish their little fantasy of what yeah. this is, they get really fucking knee-jerk, kind of triggered, like some, you know, some, like some fucking social justice warrior. But it's, but it's her that they're defending. So they go on these, like, forums and these Facebooks, and they rant, and they, like, say things. Like, dude, you don't, you're not... Again, this is why I'm, I love sports, but I never, ever was, this is my team, this is my player, you need to shut the fuck up. It's an it's emotional like, investment that sometimes people need to understand how to compartmentalize it, that it's yeah. not that big of a deal, or at least know how to oppose their argument properly. Or? I feel like it's totally, it's an irrational I- I- issue. You, the, the, the band, the music is so good, it, it connects with people on such an emotional level that they feel that they own it. The, the, yeah, like, they feel like they own it, and they feel like they're like they should have a say. They're like fantasy football or whatever. It's like this isn't this isn't like armchair quarterback shit. Like this is a band that got together for whatever fucking reason. We'll never really know the truth until Axel and Slash. And it's none of our know, business and, to know the truth either. Like, and who cares? And who cares? Exactly, it's none of our business. And who gives a shit? Because this band's fucking awesome as they are right now. Sure, yeah. If Izzy was a part of the whole thing, and they're in the studio working on a cool new record. That would be like, you know, ultimate, you know, fantasy for every fan in the world. But you know what? Like these, some of these Izzy, like fundamentalist fans on like the MyGNR forum, God bless all of them. And, and look, I'm cool with all of them. They're great. They read my piece on Izzy. They gave me some great feedback. Some people pointed me to interview certain people and stuff that I haven't talked to. And, and it was great. They're very positive for the most part. But this idea that like, oh my God, like it's not the band without Izzy. Like fuck everything that's going on. Like. Izzy Stradlin is GNR. He wrote those songs. He was the first member. He started the band. He identified. He created their image. He look. We all get that. We all get his importance as a pioneer of this band. But he's not part of it right now. And this is great. Slash and Axel together is fucking amazing. Just enjoy it as is, and just fucking ride the train and get what you get, and fucking enjoy the show. You're not gonna change. You're not gonna say some shit that Axel Rose isn't gonna go on to my GNR form and go, oh my god, like. Jennifer from Kentucky thinks we should get Ezzy Stradlin back in the band or else we're not a band anymore, so we should do this. I like, mean, and, why, and, why waste your fucking time? What about years 1992 to 93? There was no Izzy. Well, Izzy showed up for like a few a few gigs in Europe or, or Russia or something like that, but or in Israel. Yeah. But other than that, Wait, what about Gilby? 90 or, or 9293. Oh. Gilby Clark was, yeah. the, was, the, yeah. was the rhythm guitarist. Oh, right. what, did that not count? I mean, like, mm. let's bring back, let's bring back Gilby Clark. Like, it's like, who cares? Dude, who cares? Like, it's like but Richard Forrest Richard is fucking Ford's, great. He's Whatever. amazing. He's been with the band for 15 fucking well, years. Longer than Izzy was. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's something. I don't know anything about his, his songwriting abilities. Mm. I don't know because I just don't know. Right. But he's a great player. Yeah. I think that's and what people. Writing, so, and right. they're not writing an album. Look, if they started writing an album and Izzy wasn't involved. I mean, he wasn't involved in Chinese democracy. And, and tell you what, Chinese democracy, looking back at it, great fucking album. And also, that era of touring from, like, 2000 to 2008, that, that span of time when yeah. Axel was, went from, like, no dreadlocks to dreadlocks to dressing like fucking Snoop to, like, be, being back to being a rock star again, like, with the dreadlocks and the, the, the strange jewelry and shit. That's fucking awesome. I watched totally. those videos, and I'm like, this dude, how ballsy was this dude to come out? In 2002 at the MTV VMAs, 
dressed like fucking like Izzy, like Easy E. Like and everyone wanted him to come out with a fucking baseball hat and a bandana. <laughs> he came out like fucking Easy E. and He just stuck it to every. Well, I love your his point. guitar player. You said it's the, it's, head. He said it's the most punk thing. Yeah, I don't know the past twenty years or something. It's what I think it was the most punk thing that's ever happened on the fucking VMAs. Like maybe Madonna, uh, maybe Britney Spears melting down. No, with her what's fucking... his face from uh, Rage climbing up on the uh, on the fucking stratosphere or whatever? On that's why MTV uh, the MTV Awards aren't live anymore. What's the bass player from Rage? Why am I forgetting his name? I don't know. I, he was a great bass player. I don't. I don't like Rage. I, I play basketball. With Zach Zach Del Rocho once or twice at the Glendale YMCA. Did you really? Okay. I do not like the way he plays basketball. So <laughs> you know, he's a fucking elbow. He throws these elbows and shit. These pointy fucking elbows. What a dick. And not a fan of that guy or his fucking band. Anyway, you but like my thing, dick. it's like, dude, that band 2002, like people look back at that. And like, I see Richard Forrest in those shows, like yeah. later on, a couple years after the VMAs. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, he's fucking, he's, look, look at him, dude. It's 15 years ago. He's in the fucking band. He's a fucking, he's as much Gene R as anybody has ever been enjoy it stop complaining yeah, it, it, izzy stradlin is not fucking doing he's just sitting in his house and doing weird shit and like he's private and he's whatever and he wants to just be isolated from everything god bless him and you know he's not part of the band anymore move the fuck on dude it's like <laughs> these people are like the guy who can't get over the girlfriend who dumped him or the the girl who can't get over the the guy who dumped her it's like move on dude find a new girlfriend if you don't like this band and they're not what you want them to be Go listen to fucking, you know, whatever. I don't give a shit. Go listen yeah. to new records. Move on. Before bouncing it's off like, on that, uh, Tim Comerford is the, uh, okay. the basis from Rage. And he went up in the, like, the high-rise on MTV oh, yeah. uh, to like protest something, and they couldn't get him down. Uh, That's why he's not live anymore. That. Huh. So that, that, to me, that was the most punk rock. But yes, uh, that. see, everything you're talking about now and what Guns N' Roses, why we think we all identify with it, whether it's Izzy just doing whatever, you know, you've visited his house art, you know, very creepily, sure. but you still visit his, visit his house. Uh, or mm. Axel just coming out like he's, you know, dressed like he's in an, uh, an NWA video with his Jerry Rice jersey. <laughs> they but, have what... But that wasn't necessarily new, though. I mean, like, he'd been wearing jerseys since at least 92. Yeah, yeah but that was, like, his first right. real public appearance. Like, if you didn't right. know... Okay. If you weren't following the band like, you know, we three are... Nerd alert! Then you, you have <laughs> right. no idea. That's why I was like, is that... Slash? What the fuck? I didn't. I didn't know at the time. I wasn't as invested. No one knew. Yeah. Everybody who watched that performance, and I'm, I'm saying this because I remember distinctly, everybody who watched that performance that was a GNR fan, or maybe not a GNR fan, thought it was Slash in that mask. <laughs> they were like, "Is that Slash? That has to be Slash." Yeah, and I uh, thought like uh, Madagascar was like a weird spin in November Rain. I didn't understand at the time. That was great. Oh, it was great. And but the, the bounce off, even just the punk point of it. Uh, they just do. People try to define punk now. Uh, like I right. hate people who uh, buy ripped jeans. I earned my ripped jeans by falling several times. <laughs> I don't buy that shit. Uh, so punk doesn't exist anymore. It was a movement. It was great for what it was. But the right. es the the essence of of punk is basically doing what you want and not caring. There's a sense of anarchy about it, and that's what this band has. It's a sense of anarchy. Anything can happen, and that's right. what that's what all these guys are about. And that's what I just I love it. And I think that you both, especially you know Art, with your recent comments on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And if you're not following Art Tavana <laughs> on on Twitter and Facebook, you're making a mistake. You ask like the most ridiculous questions that I really appreciate. What, what, what kind of name is Tavana? Tavana is. Are you Italian? Oh, Tavana is a Russian last name. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's my uh, other half. That's my other third. 
Yeah, yeah so, I'm a lot of different. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's none of me. I kept trying to, uh, when I first uh, got introduced, I kept calling him a uh, Devaris by accident. Devaris. John Devaris. That I, sounds awesome. I, Let's I go with that. All right, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. So, well, it's, uh, it's, we've been on a long road, I think, all of us being as fans. Uh, to get there. I found that very interesting what you said earlier, uh, Art, how this band kind of came back before you really invested uh, into it. For me, it's the same thing. John, you mm-hmm. missed some opportunities when you were younger. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned, uh, Art, the Izzy um, apologist. We had uh, right. Raven from Sirius XM in studio. Uh, she's on that new show, Debatable. And she uh-huh. was at that Ritz show. She has seen Guns N' Roses before. So now, right. for her, it's not a reunion without Izzy. Then right. I can understand, but the the problem that we've all been talking about is like people not being unhappy. This is such a win for what we were with that 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 uh, video that uh, Live Nation posted. All those years that were just went by in a flash. All those just Axel solo years went by in a flash. Those were painful years, like you said, Art, for us. So now this is such a win. This isn't. Right. If he just got back together with Duff. That was really cool when Duff oh, showed man, up for those shoes. That, 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 that 2010 not, clip. That was cool, but to me that was a win because that, like, wow, this could open a door. It wasn't just so much, oh, wow, he's on stage. It's, it's Axel and Duff together again. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, it's peanut butter and jelly. It's <laughs> lamb and tuna fish. It's Axel and Slash. You, you need that. And a fan who's, right. I'm not a big musician, I can't tell drumming apart. I really can't. I like the personalities. That's why I I, 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 oh, I was a big Motley Crue fan. I like the uh, the personality of Tommy Lee. I think Frank has a good personality. I think Steven has a wonderful personality. I've heard nothing but wonderful things about people who've met him. But just when he does things like this, mm. why now everyone has to be quiet? It's like, oh, we were getting so close to knowing more things and having that tweet that Slash put out recently, more things to come, was such a little taste, a taste of nectar, that more things are going to happen. Right. And so, of course, Alternate Nation uh, runs with that. Like, oh, oh, someone's playing with poker chips, it sounds like, Art. <laughs> poker chips? You yeah. Oh, all right. These guys, ugh, these oh. fucking bloggers, we just take everything out of context and clickbait it. Like, how many of I can't even name how many articles I've had some of these people, like, take a sentence and just put it in their article and then develop this entire conspiracy mm-hmm. theory or something. And then, like, it becomes it's a, in a forum, and then forum people are yelling at me and calling me that. Like, it's like, I love my GNR forum. I love all the very GNR truths and all that, all the forums. I'm on all of them. I, I'm admin on some GNR Facebook groups and shit. Like, it's like, I'm digging the fans. I'm digging that community, but these, you just some of these the, people uh, are just way too obsessed. It's dark. Well, you you just joined the uh, the appetite uh, for my GNR, right? On uh, was it, it was appetite for GNR on Twitter, right? And that's kind yeah. of that's kind of you know I, I like them. They just post pictures and tag everybody all the time, so that's just cool. Yeah, joining that. I'm admin. I'm admin on this. Um, God, I, I'm gonna fuck it. I'm gonna butcher it, but it's appetite for no. Is it my appetite for GNFNR? Or something, Facebook group, and it's awesome. Like, yeah, it's awesome. It's a great group, and it's a great positive experience. And the the guys there are totally different. The fans there are totally different because they just don't. It's not a debate thing. It's just fucking. Let's enjoy what's going Mm -hmm. on. But you know, they're gonna people are gonna fight about Izzy forever until he's fucking part of the band. And then when guess what? When he's part of the band, they're gonna fight about something else. They're gonna say, oh well, Adler's not right. It's not a reunion. No one's ever said. And then when Adler's part, let's get let's say the whole fucking band reunites. And they don't sound the same. Something's gonna happen. It's really nostalgia now. Now you know, there's no new music. No, yeah. then, then people are going to jump in. The fucking Buckethead people are going to jump. Where's Buckethead? He should be <laughs> part like, of this, man. I mean, some yeah. some of my friends are like, yeah, if we could just get Robin back in the man. I love Robin Fink, but like, really? you know, yeah. yeah, he was oh. fucking great, dude. I think talent. I think pure ability wise, 
he might have been like the most talented. I don't know. I'm not gonna say anything. I, I mean, don't want to piss people off. But that guy was a fucking machine. It was. One of my favorite songs is better. I mean, he wrote that fucker. There, I th- yeah. You guys probably saw the video. It was Pro Shot. It might have been a Rock and Rio a few years ago, and it was better. And it was 2006. The, the best I have ever heard Axel screaming that breakdown of right. better. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. So that's why I bought into the band, and people would still make fun of me. It's not Guns N' Roses, and I get the argument. You know, it's like uh, again with the sports analogy. It's it's the uniform of your jersey. The players might be different, but it's the uniform. It's the name. It's the brand, I, which is what that uh, the Anna from Portugal didn't like. She didn't like the, the brand part of it. But how John just right. asked me, and he's appropriately wearing the shirt now. If I wanted to see uh, LA, LA Gun- Guns, LA Guns, and uh, and who? Uh, Faster Pussycat. Look. <laughs> I know, can't wait. I know it's in Long Island. You live in Long Island. I know. I'll probably go just to go because it'll be fun. And then, you know, Ian will be down. I'm going. You know, Ian will be down. But for me, now it now it's one LA Guns fan. It's not the two anymore. Do they? I have... think there is two. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> they have like my... Steve Riley has his own version of it. I is believe. it like mitosis? Did I get that right from science? Where the cells are split? Meiosis, maybe. I don't know. There's... I don't. Uh, whatever. I forget. I have failed. Nerd alert! <laughs> something like that. So. But yeah, but I, I just wish people would see Guns N' Roses as a, as a constant evolving uh, organism. I mean, it it, it began with an, with an idea with two guys, and only ha- only half of the of those two guys is, you know, remains. I, this is a good. I think right. this is a good uh, jumping off point uh, for both of you. Um, because I know you're a little older than us, John. You're going to be 45? I'm going to be 45. You're a handsome 45. Thank you. And Art, you're, oh, wow. th- and, and Art, you're 33, correct? I'm 30. I'm just shocked that John's 45. He looks like he's like 23. I what know. the fuck's going on? Here? What are you taking? I, I, I don't know. He's from the I, Matrix. I, he's I, Agent Smith. I've, I've got my BMX bike, and I've you know got all my toys, and I'm childless. You know? <laughs> I love it. I, I just, love it. Yeah, I'm 33. Oh, so, so you're the same age as me. So uh, I've seen you have a lot of discussions that you pose to your friends online, Art, about new music. You know, who, right. who's the new rock star? And I'm very glad that you're also a fan of uh, Lady Gaga. She's somebody that I've championed, and I believe that she is somebody that can champion. And if she comes out with a rock record, she oh, will be— man. And I, I, I will say this. I've tweeted it, you know, whether that's on record or not, but I want to say— I really believe after that Metallica performance, especially, she will put out a straight rock record at some point, and it'll be fucking great. Uh, but Oof. it's so hard now because, for me, having worked in in, in rock radio and especially classic rock, uh, and being uh, on the younger side of it, there's such, and and you mentioned different camps. You know, there's an Izzy camp, there's a Stephen camp, there's a you know, uh, it's, there seems to be an old versus new camp in rock. Uh, that unlike any other genre, at least that I've seen, maybe art because you've seen your palette seems to be a little bit wider than mine. But it, it, for me, Guns N' Roses is so important for people to come together because this they seem to be such a unifying band in such a tumultuous right. time with the hair band dying down or 80s glam band, however you want to phrase it, and then grunge coming up. And they survived it and they've been in the forefront. Their music's still everywhere. The commercials are still on radio. It, it's important. And I think that now that they're having. You know, so many different kinds of opening acts uh, mm-hmm. that they're, they're doing a support thing where they're trying to help younger acts, you know, like Baby Metal, who have gotten a lot of shit. Uh, now I saw Metallica is doing something really cool where they're having a contest where they're having local bands. Local bands opened up for Metallica on their tour. So that's, that's awesome. That, that's important. So there's a lot of exposure that's needed, but there's still too much anger, I feel, in this rock and roll world. And I know, Art, you feel the, the anger from a lot of these people. And I feel like you get that out a lot of your, your articles or just your, your random thoughts on, on Twitter. 
Well, I think the thing that bothers me the most about what's happened with rock and roll, and it's, I'm not I'm not part of this group of like old school rockers like Adler or maybe even Matt Sorum, who's like rock and roll is not dangerous anymore and all this shit. I think rock and roll is absolutely as good as it's ever been. I think there's so many fucking cool young bands. So you're not like Gene Simmons, who says it's dead. Gene Simmons keeps no, saying he, it's dead. No, he's absolutely wrong. Gene, Gene Simmons is a fucking idiot. He's Look, a piece, Gene, Gene Simmons, he is, he is. the thing I about Gene that. Simmons is, I'm not going to go on a rant about him, but I think I he he's one of those unique guys who had the vision before he had the music. or like He's just one of those guys that planned this baby and he just had this vision for it, and he's just, I think half the shit he says is part of this, like, marketing plan for Kiss and his brand, and he just obsessively, like, sticks to it no matter what, even if it's right or wrong. Like, he's going to bash a rap group from getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, no matter what. Whenever that happens, he knows his fans are those guys who are like, fuck rap music, there shouldn't be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I kind of agree, I kind of agree with them. I think there should be a rap Hall of Fame. That's a whole different conversation. Right. But, but, yeah, but then like, he, he brought up, though, um, sorry not to cut you off, but he, he brought up recently, he compared uh, his relationship to uh, Paul Stanley to not be Axel-like. He's like, we don't have an Axel problem. <laughs> and this was like a month yeah, ago. What the fuck, man? He's, he's, he's been bashing Axel for a while. I mean, I think everyone, everyone in rock and roll who's ever either, you know, come across or dealt with Axel Rose has something negative to say. And it's not because Axel's a dick. I think Axel's just different. I think Axel was... This, this guy who, you know, from middle Indiana, who came into rock and roll and got famous really fast and got really big and popular. And he was different, man. He was always seeking spiritual enlightenment and he's just a different kind of guy. And I think he was obsessively a perfectionist, like kind of like these old school, like Freddie Mercury or fucking Elton John. And I think these old school rockers were a, a little more like, I don't know, basic, I guess, than Axl Rose kind of got Simple. offended. I think they thought, who is he? Who does this guy think he is? Right. Like, He's coming late to shows. He's doing all these weird songs. He did like fucking hip hop beats on Chinese democracy. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And I think it offends these ageist kind of like old school rockist guys. I think like they're fucking. Gene. Af- but they're but, afraid I mean, the, of the, is the, what the, they the are. Only, the, the point I was making. The only thing I was trying to say about the rock and roll thing is, I think rock journalism and I think the media is is fucking embarrassing, and I think they've ruined rock and roll. It's not the the the, the music's there. The guitars are there. The bands are there. I think what happened over the last twenty years is. <laughs> There's been this weird, strange, unfortunate like decision by the media, strictly the media, by the way, to kind of like label rock and roll as this like archaic kind of connection to the quote unquote like white America. And like we need to get rid of this shit. It's unproductive. It's unhealthy. It's sexist. It's misogynistic. It's racist. You know, and I dealt with this shit recently. I was having a conversation with Talib Kweli, this rapper on Twitter and. He fucking went off on me because he found out that I was, you know, a GNR fan. Mm-hmm. And he fucking posted lyrics from one in a million and told me that I was a racist and that all GNR fans are racist. And I was like, what the f- what are you talking see, about? That just you goes fucking to fucking idiot? prove like how, how fucking idiotic and why that song needed to be out to, to call out idiots yeah, like that who completely misinterpret the song. It's a character. It's a fucking character. Well, like, do we go after like a, yeah, a, a, an actor for, for playing somebody that, that says or kills people or well, does the wrong thing in, in movies? Like, you. Well, I, I will say this: it is a character in art. I mean, it's, yeah, to, to deal with the uh, the race thing, how people in, interpret it. Uh, there was I was looking for more quotes for, uh, for from Axel to play on this uh, little thing, uh, my little soundboard here. He's in my ass. That's where Slash is. Fuckhead. I just wanted more stuff. People deserve that but, shit. But there you was know? there was one where Axel yelled out to a fan like who was giving him shit. He's like, "Get up here!" You know, he gave. Uh, I don't want to. I know this is internet radio. No one it doesn't matter. But the f word for you know, a gay slur, and he said that like out of anger. Right, this was like right, maybe right. you know uh, before around that era of when this the right. song came out. 
Well, you, you look at it, and you, you, it's not even being like an actual apologist. You look at someone who was friends with Elton John, who sure. loved Freddie Mercury, and you have to sometimes be able to compartmentalize, which, again, why most people are just stupid, that what is the meaning behind all of this? But they also wanted- what is the meaning? Was it a, a, an act of anger? Do you, do, you say, do you actually mean that as a gay slur, or is it just a word of anger? It, 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 of course a lot it's of just di- a word of anger. And people who, who immediately jump in it, that he, you know, he's homo- homophobic or he's racist or whatever— Right. Like that, that's, that's it's just quick to fit your narrative. It's quick to fit your narrative. They're being much more superficial than, than, than even the word. I mean, I don't know. Bottom line is this, dude. Elton John came out recently in a fucking interview about Axl Rose and shit like I mean, it was about a lot and of And Eminem, right? About Axl. Yeah, about Eminem and Axl. He said absolutely 100% he, Axl Rose was not a homophobe. He met him. He played music with the guy. Done. Moving on. I don't need to hear anything. I don't care what some fucking social justice warrior Jessup Jezebel or Vulture has to say about Axl Rose. Right. Elton John met the guy, played music with them, moving on, it's done. Just, and it's like, Elton he and said, Freddie look, Axl heroes. Rose, no, look, the band and Axl know that song was probably a bad idea. They don't play it anymore. They don't talk about it. It's not part of their greatest hits. It's not part of the repertoire. That, they've moved on from that song. It was fucking 1987 when they wrote it, came out in 88, big fucking deal it was the 80s dude watch, look go watch movies from the 80s go watch go read books from the 80s it was a very different time words like that were not as you know they were ugly words but they, oh, were, they yeah. were used in schoolyards they were and, just it was just part of the vernacular yes. of being and, a person in the 80s you're Move right on. you're absolutely and also right. he's the kind of artist that wants to present issues and feelings and thoughts that that, that are part of reality and he, he right. brings things to light and it makes people think like you don't jump all over for for, for somebody re- revealing truths about society. It's like whatever, uh, whatever. Tarantino's movies. He uses like the N word a lot, and sure. he's yeah. not he's not a racist. I mean, a lot of people don't like but, him because they thought he's you think he's against the cops now. And, but again, it's whatever you feel like your narrative is, and if you want to manipulate that, fine. Right, and so, I'm glad <laughs> you said the thing about that. It's a character. I mean, okay, so maybe he is writing from his own personal experience. He doesn't say, I, Axl Rose, am saying this in, in the song. But it's like hyperbole, right? It's like, it's, it's an exaggeration of Possibly, how yeah, feels. but I mean, like, he has, like, he's a kid who came from a certain area of the country. I think Art has a slinky right now. We had part of a slinky, but I straightened it. That's what it sounds <laughs> but like. He, but he, he came from a certain area of the country. I grew up in a certain area. I heard, I heard words like, all those words, all, all those adages. I still hear it. But but I mean right, but right. and there's nothing right about them. But it's it's part of reality, and like, people deal with it in certain ways. People it was dealt with. But to label him oh. as like the villain is is just wrong. And, and let I, me jump in on one quick point that yeah. I want to make about the whole character. I don't think he was playing a character. I think from okay. all from all I've read and all of research, all of everyone I've talked to about that song, I think that song was exactly how most white boys coming into fucking Los Angeles in the 80s in the fucking scariest, darkest period of time living. And I lived in L.A. in the 80s. And I didn't know what it was like, dude. I used to go to Hollywood Boulevard. And, you know, I, I, I like, let's put it this way. I didn't grow up with a lot of, you know, I grew up in a fairly white neighborhood in the suburbs of Burbank and Glendale. And, like, for me, when I went to Hollywood Boulevard as a kid with my dad, I was, like, seven years old. It was fucking scary. Hmm. And I was like, who the fuck is that guy with the fuck selling gold jewels in the corner with the fucking... Like cowboy belt and a fucking giant fucking jacket he stole from somewhere probably and looking like he's gonna kill us. It was scary. So imagine being a little white boy from Middle Indiana who's never even interacted with gay men or women or trans people or African Americans of any kind and coming into the city and seeing this shit. He wrote from the heart. He wrote from what he was seeing at that point in his life, being in his twenties, not understanding what was going on around him. 
And God bless him for fucking putting that song out because it was genuine. It was honest. It was dangerous. It was a bad idea to use some of those words. I think everybody knows that now. Well, I think those those words are unforgivable. But you know what, mm. dude? Fuck it. That's how he felt. Done. See, All that's right. that's the thing. I'm wondering if those words. I understand why they're. You know, if, if I would like to think if you're listening to this podcast, you're familiar with the one in the million lyrics. But the N word and the uh, the F word, I uh, I just feel like. Uh, for him, like it's you. Sometimes you need those words. Uh, why am I forgetting the, the, the Tom Sawyer? Some of those words right. are, 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 even though they're they're polarizing, they're necessary. And it's one thing if you mm-hmm. actually mean it, or a time and place, or maybe if you're you're dumb and drunk like Phil and Selma, and you're doing a uh, a white power thing at a party. Is he really, you know, does he believe in the Aryan race? Probably not. Is he an idiot? Probably yes. So, I mean, those are things you have to kind of take into, take all the variables and make, hopefully make an educated decision, which unfortunately most people are unable to do. Wow, I sound like an asshole this episode. But, I mean, there are a lot, and, and of, by the way, there are a lot of dumb people out there. And by the way, Guns N' Roses, the idea that Guns N' Roses is the symbol of like white America and racism, like they're the Leonard Skinner of the 80s and shit. Totally this like vision that people wrong. like these hipster that makes critics no sense. have kind of yeah it's like these indie hipster critics have created this fucking imaginary world around what gnr represents because they were like picked on by kids in high school that wore gnr shirts but you know slash is half black frank farrar as far as <laughs> is black guy like this band is like more I, I guess to put it let's put it this way from 80s metal perspective this is the most i guess liberal band Probably that, of the entire fucking era yeah and and that fucking, like, at, i love that I, I mean i love how angry certain Trump supporters got when they when they realized that Axel is not a Republican. I mean, that, that was, was something yeah. I was going to ask both of you. Okay, yeah. so Axel did that, and we've talked about it in a past episode when he brought that that the Trump uh, pinata in right. Mexico City, and <clears throat> you know, changed the the words to civil war, you know, right. the fear that Trump is feeding. And you go <laughs> down the, the the comments, and it's not even like it's a fan site that we've been talking about this episode. This is on their main facebook page that has what 30 million likes or whatever the ridiculous number is and people mm-hmm. really really upset yeah <laughs> and people think they don't give people a shit. think that this band is a republican band still mm-hmm. or they There's people out there who believe this or they just feel that they should just keep their mouths shut and not say anything i think that's what most right. people feel i think that's what james hetfield just said because um uh, Kirk Hammett's been very vocal about anti-Trump recently. I don't know why he right. started to speak up because I just thought Lars was the only one allowed to talk from Metallica for years. <laughs> uh, but now James Hetfield said, "I'm going to keep my opinion to myself." And sure. and blabbermouth, who every like, is just the cesspool of of trolls. They're like, "Oh wow, that's like it's great, good for James Hetfield, not saying anything." It's, so yeah. I mean, it's well, uh, it, that's how GNR feels, and they should be allowed to say it. The yeah, same goes this is where, for one in a million, and then of, now, yeah. And this is where I, li- I slightly differ from the – look, here's the thing. Dell James, Axel, the whole fucking band, they're not – they're against Donald Trump. And fuck Donald Trump, okay? Like, I get it. We all get it. And Axel's always been a liberal. And he supported Obama. I mean, he's – all the stuff he's been tweeting for the last fucking – I don't know how long Twitter has been around. has been very clearly a liberal position. The guy is – you know, animal rights, Very environment. Animal, yep. Like, he is a fucking liberal, and God bless him. And foreign um, affairs. I do, however – I do kind of agree with Hetfield, though. And this is my point of view on this. Is To me, again, and, and God bless GNR because they're not putting in their songs. They're not overwhelming us with it. Right. They're doing it in a very subtle, personal. It's their personal t- Twitter platform, Facebook, whatever. They're not like I don't walk into a GNR concert and go, 
man, if I'm a Trump supporter, this is going to be a fucking tough day for me. Right. It's we said not it's like the that. opposite. It's not Ted Nugent. And they did that one piata, thi- uh, piata, piata. thing in, uh, thank you, I can't speak. Yeah. Uh, they did it in Mexico City where it made sense. You know, so I mean, it, it they're makes right. total fucking sense. And by the, and look, look, they have a lot of fucking passionate Mexican and Latino fans. Oh, and, they love it. You know, maybe there's there's a, they have a lot of passionate Mexican and fans and South American fans. And this is part, you know, they have to kind of also be defend. They have to defend their audience. It's a very smart move as well. It's like they're not going to come out and say, yeah, let's put up a fucking wall between Mexico. Come on, that's like so stupid. Maybe. And also, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say maybe maybe GNR will be the first band to play the wall. <laughs> Yeah, they will. I mean, look, <laughs> God bless them. And like, and they got an Asian American, half Chinese, Filipino, you know, girl as their keyboardist. They have a black drummer. I mean, come on, this band is like, it's ridiculous. Like the, the things people say about Gene are still like the Talib qualities of the world, who think this is like a conservative symbol of white America. It's like how uninformed and historically inaccurate are you guys? Like, it's just do some basic research, man. It's like you're a rapper who writes songs. With smart metaphors and the well, great, that, like you got pulls some history and he's mm-hmm. and he pulls some history and facts and he just doesn't know how to fucking Google Guns N' Roses to get a fucking grip. Well, he's also just using <laughs> it as an opportunity to promote himself. That's all. And that's what was happening though on that main site when it was either uh, Duff wearing that that uh, Women's March T-shirt, which you would think was less polarizing than uh, yeah. right, right. Uh, that people doing that and people are, are posting the lyrics of one in a million. People are still doing right. that. Mm-hmm. So this is yeah. they are uh, uninformed about that. And well, they, they, you know, they, they want to push those lyrics because they wish it was a certain way. Yeah. Again, I, it was a, it was a 1980s, dude. Look, every movie from the 80s is every single movie or piece of art that was created in the 80s and the interpretation of today's America is homophobic, racist, transphobic. And sexist. Oh, oh God. Every single fucking he, piece of... Yeah, so there you go. So just these people need to move on. History is history. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it for what it is. And so the Dave Chappelle thing, it's like everyone's calling this guy a fucking transphobic and homophobic and racist, and he hates women, and he hates black people. I mean, he hates his own people. He hates mindless, everybody. It's like, mindless the guy's people. A com- yeah, the guy's a comedian who grew up in the fucking 80s and 90s. He's, he's just... He's speaking his mind. God, let him do his thing. You don't like it? Change the channel. Watch mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres. It's cool. It's like fine. It's like do your thing. Do you? And stop worrying about what other people do so much. It's, That's it, what I think. No, I agree. It's him, uh, Ch- uh, Chappelle, and his new Netflix specials, and even uh, Louis C.K. last oh, I night. I started watching that last night. And he just came out and was like, "Black people." And but if you listen to, and you can see that, <laughs> and it's not racist because the way he explains it is so brilliant and so real. That if you get right. what he's saying, you may not think it's funny for whatever reason, but he makes a solid argument, mm-hmm. and it's not a racist argument against anything. I mean, that's just something you, you grow up and you have to. It, it's it's very difficult, and this is uh, the world which I find very interesting uh, that GNR now has to navigate, and thankfully has been doing so successfully since they've come back. Mm-hmm. And in this, I, I wrote a I wrote a review of Coachella for GNR. I did a double review. I did I did a review for Spin and the Weekly of GNR set at Coachella, and I just did it. I was fucking. Let's put it this way. I was. Um, under the influence of a lot of different things at Coachella, and I was having a good time, and I was really fucked up, and I had to go back to a hotel with 102 fever, puking on my shoes, with my laptop on the toilet seat. Swear to God, I had to write two reviews. Okay? I was a writer with peyote. Two- I said to Art off, like, because he's like, "Oh, so I'll, I'll I'll talk to you guys Pacific Standard Time." I'm like, we're in New York. Get off the peyote. So clearly, all right, fair enough. Yeah. I write these two reviews dying. I submit them. They're great. I thought they were, they're fine reviews. I mm-hmm. wasn't like, you know, I wasn't particularly excited about both of them in any like real way, but they're, they're reviews, constant reviews. So I got so much 
fucking sh- text messages, emails, posts on Facebook and Twitter about, you know, my I'm a misogynist and a sexist because I'm talking about the, the, the nurses that Axel brought out, like these hot nurses right. who rolled them out and like they looked really like, you know, they looked sexy and they looked fucking cool. And I talked about how this is like finally a band that's like allowing fucking masculinity to like embrace itself a little bit and have a little fun and talk about, you know, sexy nurses instead of talking about LGBT. LGBTQ rights 24-7 and God bless all those issues and those but it's like this band for me was a release valve it always has been just like stand-up comedy just like Louis C.K. just like Dave Chappelle it's entertainment and I wrote about these these nurses and God dude the text messages I got how unproductive or problematic I was and how do you get the I'm just like how did they get that your number I mean, it's one thing that they're. Oh no, people that knew me, people that knew me. Um, like, oh, people that knew you. Oh, what the fuck, man! Oh like, no, I have the text messages. There's this girl. I don't call her out on it right now. Her name is Cammy. She's <laughs> in a band called Period Bomb. It's an indie <laughs> rock band in, in Florida, Bomb? Miami. She that's, fucking went off on me and called me a sexist a and a misogynist. Name. Yeah, Period Bomb. She was, and then, <laughs> because I wrote about how these, <laughs> these nurses were sexy, and I wrote about how Axel Rose's, which is kind of funny, right? Axel Rose's fucking foot doctor looks like a supermodel. It's like, come <laughs> yeah, on, dude, yeah. that's awesome. No, rock and roll. No, you're yeah, right. Rock and roll. Get over it. Hey, how come you didn't go to? Did you go to Vegas last year? Or, you, or was that? You know? No, I didn't go to. Ve- to me, it was like I got Coachella and, tr- and the Troubadour. Right. Why go to Vegas? Right. It was just too much of a physical trek for me to make. And I, and I was waiting for. And I knew Dodger Stadium was happening way in advance. Oh, okay. I mean, it was like I'm waiting for Dodger Stadium. Fuck Vegas. But, mm. <laughs> but what you know, I've so, always wondered yeah. about. No one's ever talked about the Troubadour show after he broke his foot. Was it was it clear that something had happened to the crowd? No, I mean, I don't think anybody noticed that oh, he was oh. injured. In the crowd, it, it was... Notice something, yeah. okay. No, I don't think anybody... I, I, I didn't know he was injured. I had no I mean, idea. And he was still moving around. He, he was just being Axl Rose. It looks no, like no it. one knew it. I got a text message from someone that I knew who was backstage and told me that Axl had broken his foot or at least had been taking... Left the venue, like, limping and looked like he was fucking, you know, fucked up. Can so. you imagine how fucking but, bad that hurt? I mean, he, he, he oh, had yeah. to stay on I, the broken foot in his boots and he, he continued the... He, he had been drunk. And, and, That's the only way to get through it. You have to drink. I doubt that he was. I mean, uh, he, yeah, he definitely he, he wasn't. He I don't think he, like I don't think he drinks and plays now because of his voice. But oh, well, I mean, else? maybe it were a slight buzz or something to take off the pain. I, I or got a cortisone shot. I don't know. <laughs> I, I bet he just f- fucking pushes through it. That's yeah. that's well, fucking, it's adrenaline, that's man. Look, this band. Think about that show. Just think about that moment. He comes out with Slash at the Troubadour venue. Axel hasn't played since the fucking eighties, and he comes out there and. You know, the adrenaline, man. That ankle did not... He didn't feel shit until after the show. I mean, he heard it pop. That's he said true. He heard it bur- God. But he didn't feel that pain until the next day uh, when he was like, oh, adrenaline. shit, yeah, my ankle's done. God. Well, I thought, uh, didn't Slash uh, say that he just came over to him after Mr. Brownstone and uh, Axel goes to him like, I think I broke my foot. I... I- Maybe I maybe he wasn't sure because I've done that once. I'm like I think I because I think I did that once last year. I I broke my ankle getting a cookie from my refrigerator. Uh, So (laughs) you got to be careful. I'm handicapped and I've like been in so many different scenarios like ice or whatever. I never hurt myself. And then of course I get I'm trying to get a fucking Milano from my refrigerator and I fall. That's all right. I walk in the doorway and break my toes. You know I didn't know I broke it until the following morning. So Mm -hmm. I mean I those things. I mean because I'm pretty fucking tough. Uh, so, I mean, you, you never know. But I want to ask you, you remind me of this, Art, because I know you had to go at some point. Uh, sure. That you knew before anybody about uh, Steven's back, correct? Yeah, I knew, I knew before anybody about Steven's back and Axel's, Axel's ankle and Dodgers. I mean, a lot of things, right? But let's, yeah, go All on. right. So, that what, the, if you, I don't know if you've listened to the entire interview. Um, uh, this is another one from Mitchell LaFond. I believe this one is about the, uh, his back. 
they just didn't give me an opportunity. You know, it's it's cheaper to just have Frank. I mean, they were only paying me uh, not that much. It was really, I was doing it because, thank God, I don't need the money that bad. I was doing it because I want to play with them. I want to play for the fans. Some more context around that that, that quote is, is basically that he was ready to play the troubadour, and he heard his right. back before, then he was fine, and then he was told that he can't play, and he was pissed. And well, again, this is the thing about those kind of comments. He doesn't provide the background because he can't because it's a fucking radio show, and he doesn't have the time. And I think that the, the thing that I heard was he couldn't rehearse because of his, his back injury mm. and because of the fact that he couldn't rehearse and he wasn't part of the development to that show is why he didn't play that show. And also another thing, and this is just practical, like just be, be, be a person who understands and it's going to piss off that girl from whatever, Jenny from Oklahoma or whatever, who got pissed off about Mitch LaFon and the brand of GNR. Oh, and from about Portugal. This, that was close. <laughs> whatever her name was. And it's like, here's the thing. You're, you're, a, you're a corporate brand. And they are. They're a corporate fucking brand. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's fucking rock and roll. It's beautiful. They're a corporate brand. They're, they're launching their new product. And they're going to put a guy behind the kit who's not going to be touring with them for the rest of the tour. Why? <laughs> That's fucking stupid. You want to put your drummer who's going to be your drummer for the rest of the tour. So people are like, oh, this is the band. Sure. Not, oh, Steven Adler. Why does, and then all that's going to do is piss people off for the next year. They're like, oh, he played the first show. Why didn't he play the second buying show? Why is he part th- of this? Brian buying tickets thinking that he's back in the band right. and not realizing exactly. and, and going all of a sudden seeing a quote, and he's not this, but I'm using it for a lack of a better word, understudy. So, I mean, I can understand people getting pissed off. Oh, yeah, that's a fair point. But again, I wish, I wish he, gets, he, shared, he was open about this. Because, I mean, I, I like that he, he, he spoke. I want them to speak. I mean, that kind of adds to the you know, allure and it gives us an opportunity to have a podcast, the opportunity to speculate and have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Maybe we couldn't do this with another band. But it's frustrating. Now I, I now we, we're not going to hear from them for a while because Adler was, was speaking up. I mean, because he has another yeah. muzzle on him. It's... Oh, I, I don't know. I saw Adler at the Grove, and all these fans in the crowd were asking GNR questions. Um, like I think I'd say ten different questions were strictly about GNR and Axel. Questions that I don't think he would have answered, and he didn't. He dodged all of them completely. And it's hmm. like he's at the he's at the Grove. And relatively, mostly his family's there, and his friends are there. It's not like a, a press conference, but you know, he didn't answer any of the questions. He just said, "I'm just happy. I, I was part of this reunion," and he kind of moved on from it. And it's like the thing is, he knows, and everybody else knows. You know, if you want to be involved in the business of Guns N' Roses and just like any corporate brand or any business, you can't go and say negative things about your employer or your future employer or your possible partner in a business venture. It's like, right. yeah, he's not going to say she's, he's smart. He fucked up. I don't know what the Mitch LaFont deal was. I, he, I know he just randomly called Mitch. I know it was for a fact, but you and know, Mitch said it on Steven, the, uh, he said it on the air. So it wasn't like I'm revealing anything. He just said, uh, yeah, no, no, he did. He, he, he randomly called the guy. Mm-hmm. So. And it's like, was, was Steven kind of, you know, a little stoned, a little pissed off, having a bad day. I don't know. Maybe he was. And, and you're allowed. He said, In his defense, you're allowed to have that. So I get it. Not, and, and God bless the guy, dude. He, he spoke from his heart, and he spoke. He probably spoke. You know, most of it was probably true. It, at least his version of the events were true in his mind. And, you know, whatever, dude, move on. Like, why, why? Axl Rose ain't offended. I'm telling you right now, these guys are not offended. It's a business. They're just doing their thing. They're just playing their shows, and they probably wanted Steven to not say those things. But whatever, moving on, and it's like, Frank's great. Are we going to have a show before the end of the year with the original lineup? It's still possible. Who knows, right? It's like we could see that for 30th anniversary. Right. And that would be fucking you great. Let's know just keep our the, fingers uh, crossed and shut up about everything else. <laughs> That's what I think. But you, you've seen the, the images of um, 
the billboard over Sunset, right? I've seen those posted yeah. on various sites. So, you know. But, so then yep. I, I want to get into that uh, before, I guess, so we, we wrap up. We'll, we'll bring it down now. Uh, what yeah. do you anticipate for 2017? Because this is the anniversary, the 30th anniversary? Or 30th anniversary of, of Appetite, Appetite Destruction. Right. Which is, I, so yeah. what do you what do you anticipate? I, Slash, I don't think the only thing we gonna... have is the tweet he put out. More to come. Right. I just think it's it's going to continue. I mean, it's just what the the tour is picking back up. I mean, um, right. The tour is going to restart in the states again right after that. You know. Mm. And so yeah. You know, I don't I don't think there's going to be so just any, more tour. It's not going to be in any full. Lineup reunions, any should, guest what, appearances, uh, and this is again obviously to you, Art, I mean, as well. Any guest appearances? I'm sure any... things will be welcomed as as they were before, but you right. know, we, we've got a we've got a year of shows coming up, and then I want to see him start up with Axel DC again. You know? Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I, I, can't, I love that. I never got to see the ACDC Axel band. Have but you, have I'm you dying, seen dying to see it? Art, have you seen the uh, the videos I posted on our Facebook and Twitter? Of Axel singing as with, with oh, well, yeah, Brandon was right next to the freaking uh, stage. I went to see Axel DC last September, I believe, in Madison Square Garden, and I got the tickets through the, one of the radio stations I was working at at, at the time, and I was b- basically against the uh, the ramp, the one that protrudes out that like that mm-hmm. uh, Angus and Axel always walk. Right. I mean, I was five <laughs> feet away from the guy. I, I can't believe it. So I have a ton of pictures on uh, at the AFD show on Facebook and Twitter. If anybody hasn't seen them yet, a uh, full video I think I got of uh, TNT and and uh, Thunderstruck. I got wow. full videos of that. It was just after that I can't even listen to ACDC without even imagining Axel's voice now. Yeah, it totally changed my perspective. So, but 2017, in addition to GNR, that's what I want. I want I want the new music, which is crazy. That's a team. There's Team Brian who are anti-Axel, and I'm just like. I don't know. This isn't. I don't get it. This I mean, isn't I, Sam I, I and feel Dave. Bad for those guys. I mean, let it go. I mean, he. Yeah, these Brian people. cannot sing anymore. You know, like why not? Why not enjoy He's it? It's, He's ill. But they're, they're saying that maybe he can not, sing. Not sing. I'm sorry. I take I, on stage. Please he forgive can. anything that I. He can't. He's losing his hearing. Of course, yeah. he can sing. Right, but I mean, right. it's, it's all connected, you know, that he can permanently go deaf if he right. continues to play on stage, and it's Angus. Yeah. Uh, and I think recently. Um, Evans, the original singer from ACDC, kind of gave the blessing. He's like, if Angus wants to continue this franchise, which he's allowed to do as long as he's in in the band, there should be new music. Whether it's with Axel or somebody else, there should be new music in a tour to complement that. So hopefully that happens. And on that note, guys, hate to be a jerk, but I I need to now go speak to my Texas person. So. You son of a bitch. Well, we appreciate yeah. you uh, joining us, Artivana. Yeah, good talking to you. Anything you want to uh, promote before we, uh, we let you go? Shit, nothing to promote, but, you know, 30th anniversary is coming up for GNR. I'm going to be doing some pieces about that, so some hopefully some good things and things that are going to be kick-ass for the weekly and probably for a few other outlets. Um, GNR, they're touring until November, I think, or something. I don't know exactly how far they're going into the year, but... Are you going to I, any shows? I, I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna. I'm trying to go to fucking Alamo Dome, man. I think that's gonna be the sickest fucking show. Just that stadium, that fucking giant, and it's just a fucking beautiful place to see a show. What about? So to me, but hmm? I was. I'm sorry, but what about St. Louis? Could you know, like, come, come out to St. Louis. Mm. Everyone, come out to St. Louis. It's, it's gonna be great. I don't know. I'm not really too. You know, I guess St. Louis might be awesome, but I'm not really too excited about that. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> I, my, my former music editor is from St. Louis, and I fucking think he's a fucking jerk so i really want to, I don't want to go where i like art's is. reasons for things it always makes yeah. sense well this is the guy that thinks nwa is better than guns and roses and shit. he's just one of those guys who's like completely lost in his own little 
fantasy world of like ice cubes talented but anyway i'm not gonna get into that but yeah i mean i think they're gonna do some cool shit i hope pray fingers crossed and i'll sit down every day next to my bed and look up at the fucking axel rose poster put my hands in front of my face and pray that they come back to los angeles and play a small venue so i can go again and just fucking you know just have a fucking orgasm <laughs> like become kurt, kurt loader in 2002 when he was just busting a nut backstage yeah, it was like yeah. the greatest that, or like jimmy fallon who fucking looked like he was gonna fucking explode his head it was gonna oh, pop no. off his that, head that's like the one time i liked if, jimmy if, fallon. I, if i get any kind of word i'm on a plane i mean i'm on the, the week of the anniversary i'm gonna be in uh in north carolina I will, I will I mean, leave from Myrtle Beach, fly to L.A. and, and One of these days, the four of us, including Ian, uh, will see a G&R show together. One absolutely. of these days. Well, Art, I don't want to like keep... Those, those billboards meant, mean something, right? So let's, they gotta let's, mean let's something. wait and see. <laughs> Them so leaving not a waste. Blue's clues everywhere. Like, God damn it. Oh, yeah, we didn't mean to put that up there. <laughs> Mistake. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's up. Well, Art, <laughs> yeah, we put that up there. We appreciate uh, you are hanging out with uh, both of us uh, for this right, show. Brothers. And we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Later. Rock on. See you later. Bye. Later. Well, John, uh, that was cool. That was cool, and we're and, gonna just wrap well, up right well, now. Well, I want to say, like, yeah, to, if I offended anybody by my stupid, um, uh, Brian Brian Johnson, of course he can sing. He's he's an awesome singer. I was, I, um, he's. I meant to say that he's losing his hearing. Oh yeah, no, no I, I understand that. But no, I'm saying if anyone, it's uh, not a Don Donkin uh, where he just can't sing anymore. Yeah, well, I, I just know like sometimes you know you can you can blurt stuff out, and I mean I say stupid shit all the time. <laughs> you know? Welcome to my world. Yeah, so but, no, um, I, I get it. Um, but it's good. I will. I've never seen ACDC at all. Uh, bon Scott died three years before I was born, and I right. didn't get a chance to see the Brian Johnson. I was debating. We, uh, Ian and I spoke about this at length. Uh, this, I think there's a whole Axel DC episode. If you want to go back, if you missed that episode, we talk about it. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, I want to see where it goes. I want to see where this band goes. And we talked about the downtime, quote unquote, downtime with this band. This is a great time to be a Guns N' Roses fan. I Absolutely. want, th- I want this to be a great time to be a rock and roll fan. I think it's coming back. Just having those guys at the helm, where a lot of these rockers are dying off. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I mean, Izzy just turned uh, 55, right. uh, what was it, yesterday, yesterday. as we were, we were recording this episode. Mm-hmm. So they're all in that, that pocket where they haven't crossed into, these guys need to stop touring, this looks weak. I don't want to say the Rolling Stones, because they can still get it done, you mm-hmm. know, but mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, physically, you look, like, a lot of these 80s bands uh, still getting up there, and just, they, they look weird, trying to, like, to be, still be, like, their 80s self. I mean, I think that Duff could still get away with, you know, sleeveless shirts. Uh, Slash doesn't look, you know, with his hat, axe or whatever, other than the dreads, which were had took some getting used to. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was cool, though. It was like it, it was. It, was it certainly got people's attention. Yeah, no, yeah. it was it was unique because it was just like that's Axel. I mean, you haven't seen him in a while, right? Uh, but it's I, I'm looking forward to what this year year brings overall, and I, I'm just not going to go into it with any negativity, other than I just hope they come. Around to New York again. Are, are you going to not... go to Hershey? It's only a couple hours from here, maybe three hours. It, it depends. It really depends on uh, my timing because I know I spent a lot of money to see uh, Lady Gaga at City Field. Oh, really? I spent. I want. I want to see Lady Gaga at City Field. So that's that's what I've, I've spent cool. my money. And I, I tried to get Metallica tickets. Those I was priced mm. out of those. Uh, but we'll see. Um, because now that it's, I would have traveled 100% if I've never seen Axel and Slash on stage together ever. Right. But now that I have, I just want to see where it goes before I make any sort of decision. So we'll uh, see what happens in 2017. But as I said to Art, thank you for coming in because I know you well, you, thank you, uh, for having me. you took the trains and subways in from Brooklyn to be yeah. here in Tribeca. It was a, just a jump over the, over the 
you know. Yeah, no, that that's a river. That, that's awesome here in the iHeartRadio studios. Uh, we do miss Ian this episode. Yeah, sorry, Ian. I'm sorry you weren't here. But I, I appreciate the fact that he encourages. See, it just Me shows too. you where it's not a. Uh, I don't want to pick on Stephen too much. It's not like a an uh, an Adler Frank thing. It's like, well, John and Art weren't the same kind of hosts that uh, <laughs> that Ian was. I mean, it's it's everyone adds their their uniqueness. Like, we to don't it. do the show. It, it that didn't sound like the show. <laughs> you know, like it's done a certain way. Right, right. So <laughs> it, it, uh, we I appreciate that. I know Ian does appreciate it. He even suggested you, and I was like, yeah. And then I wanted to get you and Art together because I love the fact that we've had. Both of you on separate times, uh, not together, and the fact that you guys kind of met indirectly through this podcast, true. which is just uh, absolutely amazing. And we continue uh, as we wrap up. Just to thank you so much for all the. And there are people who say, "Oh, the reviews." We actually get reviews. We're not making this up. Uh, I just read a couple of them from uh, from iTunes. Uh, love it when I go into my iTunes and the latest episode is ready to listen to. Great show. Keep it up. Uh, one is from uh, Brad Connaught, and I've been waiting to find a podcast just like this for once. Love everything guns related. And this last one, which I appreciate, I got to say thank you. And we mentioned him uh, a couple episodes ago. This was somebody who found, I don't know if you listened to this episode, John. He found an interview he did uh, with Axel after that uh, 01 VMA show, mm-hmm. or two, uh, 02 VMA show. And he just totally forgot about it. And Axel was talking. Like is openly about the show and everything, so he with he, Kurt Loader? No, with uh, this this guy uh, Meltdown and this uh, radio station in Detroit that he he put he, he when we were he was listening to my Mitch Lafon uh, episode and we were talking about old interviews and he, and he's like you know what I have this because he somehow forgot he interviewed Axl Rose and he put it back online <laughs> he forgot yeah and so he credited us and uh, so I will thank him for giving us at least one fan I uh, said I'm really well, that's enjoy- cool I want to hear it. Yeah, no, you should. And I'll play actually a clip from one of this. Uh, 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 that made no sense, but I'll read this. Uh, I am really enjoying this podcast. I heard about it on the Meltdown Radio Chatter podcast. That's mm-hmm. that guy from uh, the Detroit station, WRIF, I believe. Uh, I love hearing all the info I never knew about and has given me something to look into. Thanks. So I will give, uh, this is something that Axel uh, said about Chinese democracy from that interview. Okay. Okay. The plan is to drop the record, have a bunch like of extra tracks about a year or so down the road, drop another record and drop a third record. This is a three-stage thing and we'll be touring for a real long time. Really? Yeah. I mean, there is some gems. There's also another gem on there that there was some uh, alpha shit between Zach Wilde and Slash. Well, yeah. yeah that, I mean, that was like, that's something I, I did. Slash kind of alpha. I mean, I mean. I just figured they, 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 he thought- but Zach Wilde was like kind of in Guns N' Roses for yeah, like a hot second. Yeah. So, but I mean, just to hear some stories about it. So I know uh, I, we retweeted it on our sites. And I know if you want to uh, melt down WRIF on Twitter, I'll shout him out again. I'll post another link to very it because cool. it's a very cool interview. But um, thank you again, John. Is there anything that you're... No. Uh, I know your your lifelong project of your Axl no, no. Rose I mean, uh, documentary. I think Any news? good with that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm writing uh, a, a secondary story about the making of trying to put the screenplay cool. together and um, all the people I met and um, the musicians, you know, the ex musicians, whatnot. And, cool. uh, and, the, and, um, and I also went, you know, say like, yeah, next weekend at the, the LA guns, uh, or no, April 22nd, LA guns, putting pressure with the cat and my friends, um, the, with the band kill code, they're going to be opening for them. I know kill code. They yeah. play on long Island all the time. Yeah. So they, um, those are good, they're good guys. Yeah. My friends in uh midnight mob play with them sometimes, uh, New York bass band. Uh, so this, see, that's something I, I want to be able to do. That's why we brought in Rachel Lauren. I mean, that's to, to mention 
the uh, my GNR comment uh, commenter before that just like, yeah, we like Rachel, but more GNR stuff. Mm. Well, yeah, plenty of GNR sure. stuff this episode, but we also want to kind of just scrape the the bottom of the not barrel. But of the delicious yogurt cup that did <laughs> Guns N' Roses leaves. What? Where can we go with this band? There's so many different angles and people that we can meet through it. And nobody knows better than you, John, about the people that you can meet uh, just from this universe. And we'll get th- those stories from you at some point. <laughs> I know. Uh, but thank you for coming in. Uh, of my course, uh, thank my you pleasure. to Art Savannah. Check him out on LA Weekly. Uh, my name is, and it will continue to be Brando, Ian, my sweet dear Ian. We'll be back next episode. Uh, which hopefully will be in a couple weeks, but we never know. Just like the words Axl Rose used to Kurt Loader concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. You've been listening to the distorted minds of Brando and Scotto, dissecting all things Guns N' Roses on Appetite for Distortion. Follow the guys on Twitter at The AFD Show and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The AFD Show. security, I'm going home.